Now podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello and welcome to episode 179 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about quadricep tendon ruptures. Uh, we'll be talking about who's at high risk of developing a quadricep tendon rupture. We'll be discussing the common mechanisms of injury, clinical presentation. We'll be doing a little review of anatomy, and we'll talk about some predisposing factors and so much more. But before we get started with the meat and potatoes today, I was wondering if we could just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Uh, hello, everyone. I hope everybody is doing well out there today. Um, and, you know, I hope you continue to be excited about learning about orthopedics. I know I am. It seems like every time I turn around, something new happens or I get a new topic I want to talk about. And I just get so excited about it. Um, so, you know, what I love most about podcasting is just being able to bring information from my experiences to so many people out there, to so many different parts of the world. Um, it just excites me to do that, and I'm, I'm happy to do that, and I enjoy doing it. So thank you all so much for listening and for all the great comments that you've been uh, sending. So, you know, why did we pick this topic today? Well, my boss gives me a call today, and you need to remember now that he has about eight years of experience on me. So I've been a therapist for almost 29 years, and he's, you know, been for eight years longer than that. And he wants some advice on treating a young man who has a partial quadriceps rupture. Now, you know that you're working in the right place when your boss calls you and asks for your opinion on, you know, how to do something or how to proceed with a particular issue or situation. And that's how a good workplace should be. You should be comfortable collaborating with the people that you work with. And you don't know it all. You may not know it all. I oftentimes will collaborate with, you know, some of our therapists here who do a lot of vestibular work, and I have very little knowledge in that. And so uh, it's very important to, to connect with your coworkers and your peers just so that you can really optimize how you treat patients. So, so when he brought this up, I thought, you know, this would be a good time to talk about quadricep ruptures. So let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about anatomy when we, uh, when we first, you know, chat about this. There are four quadricep muscles. They all come together and meet just above the patella to form what we call the quadricep tendon. Okay, so the patella, which is a sesamoid bone, is embedded in that quad tendon and continues on to become the patella tendon that inserts the tibial tubercle on the front of the tibia. Okay, and so it's important that you understand the anatomy of that. But one little area of interest I think that's important to know and understand is that the most common area that the quad tendon is torn is in that one to two centimeter area just superior to the patellar pole. And that is an area that is hypovascular, less 
blood flow than the rest of the quadricep muscle and quad tendon. And so I think this is definitely a contributor when it comes to, you know, susceptibility and why people tear in this particular reason. Now, remember the quadriceps helps to extend or is the primary knee extender, but also helps to flex the hip. So part of it is a two joint muscle. And so need to keep that in consideration because it seems like there are active and passive sufficiency issues with certain muscles in the body that cross two joints. Okay, so it makes them a little more susceptible to overuse and overstrain. So who is the most susceptible to having a quadricep rupture? Well, statistically, it would be males in their 50s. They're still quite active, but the muscle tissue is just not as strong as it used to be. And occasionally there could be some sort of a pre-existing condition such as a patella tendonitis, maybe just poor knee structure like excessive valgus at the knee. It could come from a prolonged period of immobilization. So somebody that might have been maybe in an immobilizer for a long period of time or maybe they were uh, you know, bedridden for a long time and they became weaker. We do know that there's a higher incidence of tendon ruptures with people who take uh, fluoroquinolones, uh, antibiotics. And so there's a family there that seems to put people at higher risk of developing tendon ruptures. There's also, you know, uh, information out there showing that people who uh, receive corticosteroid injections into the quad tendon or into any other tendon uh, that bears a big load uh, is at higher risk of tearing. Now, there are other medical conditions out there that can put you at risk, like having gout, being diabetic, having rheumatoid arthritis, um, and there's even an association with people who've had previous ACL tears. So lots of reasons why people can get this. Now, this is very, very rare. You don't see this very often. I've seen probably six or seven in my career. Um, and so they're not very common, uh, but it's important that you identify them early, okay? Um, so let's talk a little bit about the mechanism. Then we'll talk about the presentation and how to pick these things out so that you can nail them right away. So the, the typical mechanism is usually some sort of an unexpected eccentric load of the quadriceps. So I'll give you two examples. One would be just imagine you're, you're going downstairs in the middle of the night and you think you're at the bottom step, but you miss two or three steps. Now you're having a hard time identifying when the floor is, when you're gonna hit the floor, the foot hits the floor, maybe the muscle is not tightened up well enough and it fails, okay? So it gets a big eccentric load, the knee goes into flexion and it gives way. Um, the other way that I've seen this happen, and this is more common, is imagine slipping on some ice while you're walking or moving ahead and the foot slides forward on the ice, then it hits a dry patch. And your brain is just not sending messages to the muscle quick enough to tell it to tighten up. So basically what happens is it gets this excessive amount of strain to it, but it's not tensed up and will fail. So I'm a big believer that Neuromuscular control has a lot to do with tendon ruptures, especially with high-speed activities. And we see people rupture their tendons, and they're like super athletes, and they're very strong, and they generally perform very well. But, you know, there may be just a little misstep or a little quick change of direction that they're not expecting, and they're not able to preload that muscle, and it fails. Um, and then others will have that muscle just because they may have some pre-existing condition that causes it to do so. So what is the classic clinical presentation? Well, the patient will say, 
I, I, I slipped or I twisted and my leg gave out and I fell to the ground. It was this tremendous pain. It was kind of a ripping type of feeling, kind of a crunchy noise. Um, I tried to get up. I couldn't get back up. My leg gave back out. I tried to get up again. It just wouldn't hold me up. Um, these people will complain typically of pain in the front of the knee. So it could be just anterior patellofemoral type pain. They can have discomfort in the quad. Uh, but typically it's more around the kneecap and not necessarily right where the tear is. These folks cannot do a straight leg raise you know, without some sort of an extensor lag. And usually it's pretty dramatic. So they try to lift the leg straight up, but the heel just stays on the table while the knee is raising up. That's a pretty classic sign. You're also looking for a disruption in the quad muscle or a divot where that quad should be. And um, you'll also notice some swelling around that area, maybe above and below. And, uh, you know, these people just cannot wait there. So, that is, those are the classic presentations that you'll see with these folks. It's, it's very dramatic and um, can be quite painful. If you were to do x-rays and taking a look at these patients who have these quad ruptures or patella tendon ruptures, when somebody has a quad rupture, the superior part of the patella will kind of fall away from the femur. So the inferior pole is still attached to the patella tendon but that superior pole has nothing to pull against, so it basically falls away from the body. Now, if you have a patella tendon rupture, then the whole quad and quad tendon will pull that patella up, maybe even up over the femoral condyles, and it will sit really superiorly. And so that's how you can kind of determine, you know, which one is ruptured. And, you know, if you um, want to see what a quad rupture looks like, not in action, but immediately after it happened. Um, check the video links that I have in the show notes today. I have a friend of mine who tore his quad. He came to see me immediately after it happened. Well, I say that immediately, like several hours, he was in another country, flew back um, to the US, uh, and uh, we took a look at him immediately after, and he had a complete quad rupture. It's pretty impressive. Sorry, the uh, the video is old, but uh, you'll see how a uh, what a quad rupture looks like as soon after it happens. So, how do you treat these? Well, if you identify it, and you don't want to miss these because they can be very debilitating. So, if these people need to have an immediate referral over to orthopedics, and to be honest with you, all of the people that I've seen with quad ruptures who have undergone surgery have done very well. Okay, and uh, they, they typically will have good quality of life after their rehabilitation, and they, and they do really well. And I think a big part of it is that that muscle is quite vascular, especially in the quadricep, uh, you know, muscle itself. Uh, and, and it's people having open surgery. These are not done arthroscopically, so it can really get fixated really nicely. So we've just had really good outcomes with these. Now, if you suspect that somebody has a complete tear, it's likely that they're going to undergo an orthopedic repair uh, to get those, those fibers all put back together because that quad is so integral with squatting and allowing you to go up and down stairs and, and functioning on a daily basis. Now, if somebody has a partial tear, like maybe there is a little divot in that quad, but the quad did not, the quad tendon may not have torn all the way across, or the quad muscle did not tear completely, these folks can, can be treated conservatively. 
they may require a, a time of immobilization, and this would be just about the only time that I like to use an immobilizer. So you might immobilize that leg into full extension just to let those fibers heal up a little bit and shorten and scar up some. And then you get them into a course of treatment where you start to slowly increase that range of motion and then go through a full rehabilitative process, which I'm not going to talk about today. I just wanted to talk about identifying quad ruptures and what they present like. Um, so folks, I hope you all enjoyed today's show uh, about quad ruptures. And thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed um, what we chatted about. If you have any questions, about quad ruptures, feel free to send those questions over to me. The email is in the link of the show notes. If you have any questions for the show in regards to orthopedics, uh, be sure to uh, send that over to us. Also, be sure to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We have a lot of folks that are connecting uh, with us on LinkedIn. And we also started an Instagram page if you want to see uh, some periodic tidbits of information that I put out there that are not very common. They may be a little bit rare, but I think it's uh, always important to keep in the back of your mind what uh, a particular problem looks like. And so I want to make sure that uh, you check out our next podcast. We're going to be talking about ischial tubercle uh, avulsion, uh, which we just saw recently also. So we'll be able to bring that case presentation to you. And uh, we'll talk about how to diagnose that and make sure that we don't miss those when they come across your clinic. So again, thank you so much. And I have so much more to come. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there. 